Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Decision to Leave, directed by Park Chan-wook, starring Park Hai-il and Tang Wei. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Rand- Or I'm not joined with Isaac today. <laughs> Isaac is awesome. <laughs> I'm joined with time. Juzo again. Look, we took last week off um, because our boy Isaac got married, okay? How sweet is that? He is. That he's lovely. become a... Uh, a married man, soon to be father. <laughs> oh God, is that really true? No, it's not. <laughs> we shouldn't say that. <laughs> Give his family a heart. Anyone who listens to this, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, but uh, yeah, we were, we were both at uh, me and Juza were both at Isaac's wedding uh, last week. So yeah, we kind of, we, we tried to to schedule something. It just didn't really work out. You know, it was, it was more of a. Um, uh, it, it yeah, it was it was just too much. <laughs> but I think I think I a wedding like, justifies it. A, a week off, I think it's all good. I was there like literally all last week, basically, like from Wednesday to Sunday. So I was <laughs> I was pretty pretty stacked with activities, but it was a lot of fun. We we had a great time. Uh, Juzo, did you like the wedding? Give a give a give a re- <laughs> give wedding a re- review. A review. Is it wedding. a? <laughs> I don't, yeah, was it I, for everybody? <laughs> I would say it was. I mean, uh, unless you like to dance. I mean, I didn't. Uh, There's there a lot of uh, people trying to force me to dance, which uh, I was unappreciative of. But mm. other than that, no, I, I had a lovely time. I actually met some people and, and talked to some people at the wedding and finally got to meet Tim and JD, who are delightful to talk to as well. And um, no, it was, it was it was very nice all around. Uh, had a very nice time. And it's a nice, mm. nice venue too. Beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, no, it was it was a great time. Um, but we'll have Isaac back on next week, so he'll uh, he can he can tell us about you know all the things he did in that that terrible terrible country of England. Ugh, gross. <laughs> the proto Americans. Come on. <laughs> um, well, have you been have you been watching anything? Uh yes I have I have a very um these Extensive la- last list, last sure. month yeah it was just I watched a lot of stuff and it's sort of been the the um uh, Oscars are coming up and that means everyone's just dumping movies and I know it's insane isn't it's it it's ridiculous how many movies are coming up and um so I've just been sort of playing catch up for the last and it's sort of like you know the bathtub that just, keep, just keeps refilling because I'll be like I saw two movies today I saw one and then I saw two the next day um and then it's like five more come out the next week and I'm just uh have my head in my hands but um yeah so I saw a lot of new stuff last um month and then uh already this month I've seen like seven movies um jeez so list a few <laughs> why what the, remember the, when you did 40 uh uh, yeah, that was in January. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess sort of the 2021 Oscar season. But um, one one I'll recommend really quick. I just saw yesterday is a documentary I saw about uh, Robert Downey Sr., who is, mm. I mean, obviously the father of Robert Downey Jr., who features prominently in the film. And um, he's sort of an underground, or he was an underground filmmaker in kind of the 60s and 70s. He made these sort of avant-garde, comedic, strange movies. Um, and was sort of a, you know, you could almost call him like a maverick in the film industry. And this movie is, um, it's a bit of his history, but it really is kind of a, a story of him and his son. And it's a kind of a pretty, um, for, a, for a period of the movie, a, sort of a hangout movie almost with the two of them. And, and they both have, you know, they're, they're great company. They have a great sense of humor. And then it really charts, you know, Downey Sr. 
really up till the last, uh, really the last days of his life. And it's, it's kind of surprising, um, you know, the intimacy with which they allowed the cameras to be, you know, filming these, you know, what are very, very personal mm. kind of, um, uh, moments, you know, of, you know, him literally on his deathbed and, um, he passed away last, last year. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was sort of a beautiful contemplation of, of mortality and what people sort of go through in their last days and also the sort of father son that I, th- I think they probably had some, you know, bumps in their relationship, but this sort of um, reconciliation and um, not reconciliation, but like, you know, trying to sort of understand each other and try and, and they, they have these really intimate like conversations where they talk on the phone. And I think the, they, they gave the Downey boys like GoPros or something. So they sort of were able to like have these private conversations, but also film them. And, um, I don't know. I mean, like you could, if you were really cynical, you could sort of dismiss it as a vanity project or something like that. But I, yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought uh, Downey Jr. came off actually very authentic in the movie, and it was, um, I don't know, just kind of a, a beautiful portrait, um, you know, of of him and his father, and and um, very very touching movie. I think it's going to be on Netflix. I saw it was like the big Castro. Um, event and and Downey was there and uh he's of course very charming and whatever but it's um I think it'll be on Netflix in like I think early December so that's that's the movie I'd recommend it's called Senior um mm. and uh yeah it's was, it was quite lovely yeah yeah um no that sounds interesting I'm curious about sort of because <clears throat> you he didn't seem like very much of a public figure to me at least um Maybe that was just his father. Sort of, yeah. I mean, oh I mean, no, yeah, I mean, not real, not in particular. But <coughs> I think part part so. it's kind of I, I forgot to mention also is I think part of how they got him in on this idea of making a movie is he got to direct the movie in some ways. Now the film you're watching at the Castro is is by this documentary filmmaker, but he had his own cut of the movie and he basically started taking over the making of the movie. And there are like these scenes of him with the editor being like, yeah, take that part out, cut that out and trying to make the documentary into his own kind of weird style. So it kind of right. invited his participation into, it. I, I hope I would love to see that version of the movie. I'm sure it's much weirder, much less, you know, commercial or probably less coherent yeah. even, but um, it's, it's sort of a, it's fun to see a window into this guy's, you know, um, artistic process and uh, he, he sort of his boundless uh, enthusiasm for the medium, even up to, you know, him being uh, very, you know, very frail health. He's still, you know, sitting on his bed with the editor going over footage and um, yeah, so it's, it's really great. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't watched anything uh, except for Barbarian. I re- rewatched Barbarian at two in the morning with, uh, <laughs> with the wedding guys, with like one, awesome. two other guys at the wedding. Um, and it was just, it was a great time. Um, I watched with, um, one of, one of Isaac's, uh, groomsman Bob and he, uh, um, he doesn't like horror movies that much. He's not really, uh, into, that and so he's he was kind of afraid it was going to be you know too too scary uh but at that time of night you know he was down for it so um we we yeah we watched it and and he loved it he thought it was it was great and i do think it is a a good movie to watch with your friends i don't know there's just something about it where um you know you can put it on and it just it just works as a uh, um like a almost like a 
a co-op movie you know you mm-hmm. you, you sit no, it's down a great with gr- other friends yeah group movie it has that kind of yeah like you, you know even like when i remember we watched uh was it mulholland drive when we were living together oh yeah with your buddy was it sam and uh, sam you know what's so oh, funny is i saw him today oh, really? and i haven't seen sam in like forever it was just such a random encounter um, does he have like so, a son now like i feel like he's like yeah uh, yeah he's he's a dad and, is he really uh, wow yeah, he he lives in Sac in Sacramento now. Um, so uh, shout out Sam. But I I literally just walked into a coffee shop, uh, and he was there, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, we we just caught up a little bit. So that Hi, was Sam, an, if you're listening. Yeah, if if you are, and and th- that was an all time. That is a movie watching experience I'll never forget. That was yeah the experience of like all three of us like leaping out of the couch when the cowboy appeared a second time in the movie. It was just, it was amazing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, other than that, um, Oh, can I mention another thing? I Oh yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Well, well mixed class, we've been going through the nineties and last month or last week was, um, uh, 1994. And so one of the movies we watched was this movie called the last seduction, which is kind of like a erotic thriller. It was, completely delightful i would highly recommend it just kind of trash but absolutely it's like the type of movie i wish people would make nowadays like something with very low aspirations but really high craft and then the other mm-hmm. big movie of course that year my me and my dad uh and my dad and i will rewatch pulp fiction and it's not like pulp fiction needs another plug but good lord sure what a picture. Yeah. i mean like it is great <laughs> oh my god did you watch forrest gump or anything Oh no, Mick hates Forrest Gump. I've never seen Forrest Gump <laughs> myself, but he's like, see, I but that's that why movie. you should watch it if it's you know if you're going through 1994. That is an insane yeah. year. I mean, it really yeah. is. Um, that year has so many um, classics. That well, it, yeah, Shawshank and Pulp Fiction, notably. But that was something. Well, I'm curious to hear from you. I was talking to Mick about a lot of people would put Forrest Gump with those two movies. Are you? Would you consider it to be up there with those? Uh. No, but I I do think it is, um, it is an interesting movie. It's kind of a heartwarming, heartbreaking story in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, and I do I do think like the performances and some of the the craftsmanship of or the, some of the storytelling is really um, interesting, just with with the decisions and um, you know a lot of the f- the the filmmaking is is re- really excellent. I think. I do think the story is kind of like, um, you know, that joke in, in Tropic Thunder, um, Simple Jack. Oh, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, some, you know, uh, credit it, for it, playing a, a <laughs> mentally disabled guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah, some of it is, some of that is true. And, you know, I feel like that's a fr- fair critique, I guess. But um, <laughs> I've always wanted to see I, it, but yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's worth watching, but yeah. I wouldn't put... I wouldn't put it at the level of Pulp Fiction or even Shawshank. I, I do think um, of 1994, I, I I think Pulp Fiction is probably um, probably going to be the best on most people's rankings. I, uh, most people, a lot of people put Shawshank pretty high. And honestly, we, were, we watched the clip uh, where he plays the opera on the PA system. Um, incredible. That's a beautiful, beautiful scene. And yeah, I, I haven't seen that in a while. I, I I've only seen that once. Pulp Fiction is very rewatchable. I've seen it many times. And yeah, um, yeah. The thing about Shawshank is, I I feel like it's kind of a long movie, isn't it? It's like, um, well, yeah, yeah. Two They're and both half about hours. two and a half. They might all three be like two and a half hours. Yeah, that's. I guess but, that's true. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction because it's like short stories. It just kind of you know 
jumps around. Right. Have you ever seen Leon? Oh uh, yeah, the professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that movie, even though yeah. I I don't think it's. Uh, <laughs> well, people would be upset with a lot of aspects of it now, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's aged quite so well, but yeah. I do. I really do think that movie just is so good, and Gary Oldman in it is. <laughs> Yeah, his cracks his neck. Peak, his head back peak, is, uh, yeah. peak of what he's done basically in all of his life. So yeah, he's he's incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I forget what other clips we showed. Bolts over Broadway. Uh, always has something like I've never heard of that he plays a clip for, but um, yeah, it's, it's mainly angels those in the three. outfield. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyways, let's get into this movie um before we do that you can support us at patreon.com slash ecfs productions and get access to some bonus content um but really it's more just about supporting a small production that uh is very razor thin (laughs) when it comes to uh (laughs) to to, to paying for things and and to bonus content uh but we we would really appreciate a rating uh on itunes and on spotify and um you know another great thing is you can send us uh send us messages and get your <laughs> questions asked most of the people who are patrons uh you know they know us so they just text uh, us. we're yeah. we're pretty we're pretty friendly but um anyways Let's talk about Decision to Leave. We oh love on this podcast. We love Korean movies. We love Park Chan Wook. Wow. Um, we're big fans, I would say. Do we love Korean movies or do we just love Park Chan Wook and Bong Joon Ho? Because yeah, that's if, about it. That's I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, saying you love Mexican movies, but you're just talking about in Ritu Coron, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it's it's 100 true, and. Uh, and oh, train to I Busan. Apologize. I like train but, to Busan. That was great. Yeah, that was good. Well, it, what's funny is our Korean month had two Bong Joon Ho movies, one Park Chan Wook movie, and Train to Busan. And so it it really was a. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the name of the guy who made that movie. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I feel I kind uh, of feel but, bad. <laughs> but it was kind of a Bong heavy month, I would say. Yes. Uh, and and. Yang Sang Ho. I sorry. I just want to give credit where credits due here to the our poor director of Train to Busan. Oh right. Okay. What was his name again? It's like Yang Sang Ho. Okay. Uh, got it. Got it. Sorry. Um. And I the the funny thing is when I was doing that uh that month I did actually watch a couple other Korean movies that I was like yeah. <laughs> oh, which did not. you watch? I watched um uh. It's called like I saw the devil or Oh, that's pretty um, good. Yeah. Uh what what is He's kind of like the 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 third in the Korean Three Amigos. Right. Wait, Kim, you've Kim seen Ji-woo. you've seen I saw the devil? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few by that guy. Uh, Tales uh what's it called? Tale of Two Sisters, which I I don't really remember much and then Age of Shadows, which is pretty solid. Um Yeah. But he's he's not like I I haven't seen anything by him that would I put on the other no, I, I I I honestly thought I thought I saw the devil was kind of grotesque for me, which is oh, sure. saying something. because yeah. um, I'm not really I'm not it's one a, to to shy away from that kind movie. of thing. But it, yeah. it is a it's a pretty mean spirited <laughs> movie uh, for sure. Um, but I mean, to be fair, so is Old Boy in some ways. So I don't oh, um, yeah. I don't necessarily know that. I mean, I think the filmmaking in Old Boy is so exceptional that you kind of um 
you kind of accept the the darkness of the <laughs> of the entire premise sure, and movie yeah. and the miserable uh watching experience in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. um but but this movie i think is so different um to that uh to that vibe i guess like like park to me is a very strange filmmaker in that he he's so visually interesting he's such a um unique uh visionary director but he really is uh kind of messy and he has some uh some quirks that i i just i'm i'm not necessarily a fan of <laughs> and so even in the movies that i love of his like old boy like while you're watching, sometimes you you come across things that are so that are like really frustrating about those movies, but but the experience of them and sort of taking them, you, you know, you watch it and then maybe like a day later you're still thinking about it and you're still sort of mm-hmm. contemplating and putting together the pieces of it. Um, I and I think Old Boy is probably the best example of that. Um, and then The Handmaiden. Um, Mm-hmm. which is you know second second on that list i think they um, also it's like second viewing a lot of these hold I've, I've never seen old boy again actually but um i think i think some of these decisions he makes um work a little bit better you know when mm-hmm. when you see it the second time i definitely remember handmaiden being one where i think we liked it a lot when we saw it but i remember it was the second time i saw it um I don't know. It's also I remember I went and had like a bagel with James afterwards and he explained the movie to me. I was like, oh, yes, that's brilliant. You know, (laughs) but uh, uh, I think uh, in Decision to Leave also there were parts where um, I mean, you're you're alluding to some of his editing techniques and whatever (laughs) stuff he does where I I, to me, those things um, worked better the second time around. Right, right. Okay, you were pretty down on the movie when we saw it. I, I'm, I still kind of am. I still kind of am. But, okay, uh, but Got I, it. but I was not zoning out uh, the way I was. I guess should we just explain really quick? We saw it together. Let's see. Was that Friday? And uh, I think it was Friday. Yeah. And then yeah. I think I was halfway zoning out for like the last hour of the movie. So I was, you know, not <laughs> comprehending like pretty simple things that were happening in the movie. So then I saw it again the next I went to like the exact same showtime, the exact same place with my mom uh the night after. And um and then that time I and it, like I think an hour of the movie went by and I was like, oh God, I'm zoning out again. I'm zo-. so I what I did is I took a nap during this the rock the the climactic scene on the uh, mountain you know mm-hmm, and yeah. um because i was like i know that scene's great i don't need to see it again so i'm just gonna <laughs> fall i'm gonna let myself fall asleep and then i watched the last hour uh in a, a state of uh relative functioning cognition and um and that's i don't know if i say it i mean i enjoyed it more and that i comprehended it but i have a full picture of the movie now and uh it sounds like you do too you missed a bit of the movie the first night so you've since seen more of it. You didn't really miss anything terribly important in terms of story, but yeah, I don't um, think I did. I think the the only major thing was sort of the abusive part. Um, yes, that, yes, uh, that I didn't I didn't pick up on, and I really had no idea <laughs> about. And so my my opinion of that character was like, oh man, he's yeah. a, he's such a good guy. <laughs> he was a great guy, the husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of funny. I mean, yeah. I I do. It's weird, like when you have a first impression like that. Um, it's kind of difficult to, 
um, to backfill in that information uh, of yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I guess I guess let's talk a little bit about sort of the the ideas and the uh, some of the plot points. Um, we we'll, we won't spoil it until later, but um, really, it's about a uh detective kind of you know it's the classic seasoned detective with the mm -hmm. younger uh you know more impressionable guy mm -hmm. um and he ends up uh investigating a murder um oh he's also an insomniac which is a big mm -hmm. thing that i kind of i missed i didn't miss it but it was it was more important than necessarily like that i thought uh, That's true. Yeah. kind of going on um uh, he's an insomniac direct, uh, detective. He kind of um, loves to investigate things, but he's also uh, he has like a very sterile ho home life, um, mm. and so he starts to investigate uh, the possible murder of a man who falls to his death um, on a climbing trip, um, and he begins to investigate his. Uh, th that man's wife, who he starts to get some sort of infatuation with um, over the course of his investigation. Yes. Um, and there's a certain amount of back and forth in uh, her being, you know, the uh, the antagonist and her being the love interest. And I think that's kind of where the movie is most strong in um, stretching you to both believe that she is um, <laughs> is the uh, the killer and is uh, you know a possible love interest for for our our protagonist. Um, so I think mm. I think that's kind of the main tension of the movie, and I guess I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a now. it's kind of a classic film noir totally. setup, and yeah. and it, the movie definitely has this kind of feel of a. Um, definitely a lot of uh, alfred hitchcock you know a, a lot of that kind of um we were talking about kind of like the postcode like 40s 50s uh classic hollywood era where things had to be a little bit chased and they're getting around the censors but sometimes and again i'm uh would never in a million years uh, speak in favor <laughs> of censorship but there is there there were interesting directors you know like uh, i don't know if billy wilder was doing like seduction or whatever but you know he was oh yeah getting, he was he was he was getting around the censors in different ways and certainly hitchcock was um well i mean in you some think ways that were sometimes more creative and and right. interesting um i mean there's still a, a loss you know uh, i don't want mick to like yell at me if he ever hears this but like there but there's sometimes you know a great director can kind of uh do something with with their limitations you know Right. Um, well, I was I was just going to bring up um, uh, Double Indemnity, which is a, a Wilder movie that's very seductive in that's that true. that same way, um, yeah. and kind of explicitly so, um, kind of sensual, uh, and and Hitchcock as well. I mean, he's he's a very sensual director in in some senses, mm -hmm. um, and and a lot of that um, it comes from the wink wink nudge nudge aspect of mm -hmm. you know having to deal with with censorship and i do think personally um i will maybe not wholly defend the Hayes code but i will certainly <laughs> um i'll i'll throw uh a little bit of it i think it did flex some great directors creativity um and i think that's undeniable um 
And, you know, you see someone like Billy Wilder not be able to adapt to a postcode world where, uh, you know, things are able to be more unrestricted and he's kind of lost in the wind in that um, because he thrived on being able to to skirt censorship and to make innuendo. And a lot of the comedy and the drama of his movies comes from the innuendo instead of the, you know, the sort of explicitness. Um, and I think this movie, you know, while, why we're talking about that is um, I don't think Park Chan-wook has any problem being explicit in his movies. <laughs> Um, but this movie was very clearly styled to be like a movie, like a noir of the forties and fifties styled to be something that is a bit more, um, not just chaste, but a bit more, um, sensual in the way that like uh, an, in the mood for love is, or, you know, Mm, in that way that, that has, um, a bit of just, uh, just hinting at the, um, the underlying sort of themes. Um, and, and a lot of it makes it very powerful in how he portrays their, um, their tension, you know, these two characters who are really not supposed to be together at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and who are definitely (laughs) violating certain ethical boundaries uh, of being both suspect and, you know, uh, and lovers, you know, in this, Mm -hmm. in this way of, and I, th- I think I think we all kind of understand that of um, there's something wrong with this picture, but something attractive about it, too, because mm-hmm. it's kind of breaking the rules. And mm-hmm. so even though he doesn't, you know, he just he doesn't necessarily show anything and it's very implied all of the um, the moments of, um, you know, sensuality, all of these things are sort of stacking to be. Um, you know, more just uh, what you can pick up from from the feeling of their interaction and kind of basing it off the fact that they're not supposed to be doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is of, yeah. Instead of showing, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, no, I think that's the key of why why his decision to make something very unusual for him um, in its restraint because he is. Yeah. I mean, he. There are a few directors who are more willing to, um, well, also, also in terms of violence too. That's another aspect of the movie that's sort of interesting. His movies can be very, very uh, gruesome, disturbing, whatever. This is, you know, like a movie I can, you know, my mom can go see and not be that upset by. And um, and The Handmaiden was, um, I don't know if that was that a, it might have been an unrated. I don't know how it got away, but if that was an almost NC seventeen level movie in terms of the uh, sexuality uh, portrayed in that movie. Yeah, I, think, I mean that was a pretty explicit. I don't think it was rated. Uh, that was a pretty explicit movie in terms yeah. of both content and uh, what it what it showed as yeah, well. Yeah, and I think and I think you know it's it was appropriate for that movie because that movie was about like you know like I don't know what you want to call it like uh, sexual sexual awakening. I guess you could you could say. And this one is much more about like um, I don't know what you call it, unrequited love or love that's sort of love or lust that's uncontrollable and that's sort of um, existing below the surface and, you know, almost like the sort of thing the characters don't really want to admit is there, but is so, so obviously there. And, Fatal um, attraction, you could say. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, yeah, actually, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great, um, I don't know, there's just like so, so many great sort of um, 
he has a great sense of of the use of details to show this kind of relationship and show these you know things between them like you know there's this great moment where she puts a band-aid on her she, she sprays perfume on like a, her hand on a band-aid and she comes into the room and like you can see him like inhaling it and whatever and being like oh you know the smell hitting his nostrils and then or the um i don't know there's even some kind the of chapstick oh yes the chapstick uh, yeah. cigarettes is another thing that's you know you like he, he, he takes a cigarette out of her mouth and uh, takes the ash off of it and also um I almost said bong. I'm sorry, Park. Park <laughs> is utilizing. They're like friends. They're like, <laughs> I think of them as like buddies. Um, Park is, sometimes utilizes editing that displaces the characters like locations and where you could almost see them imagining they're in the same room together when they're not. Right. You know, and he's, he'll be um, spying on her. Or he'll be, you know, on a stakeout watching her in her apartment. Again, very rear window kind of thing. And, he um he sees her falling asleep as the ash is like falling off her cigarette and then it cuts and he's in the room holding the ashtray under the uh under the cigarette and of course he's not really in the room but that that was the the kind of um editing flourishes i thought really really worked in the movie because it's conveying a sense of like how much they're drawn to one another and how much he's sort of yeah it's like wishes he was sitting next to her and also um yeah, it just it just really works. Yeah, well, I would say I would say there's <laughs> Park is is a very uneven filmmaker in that way, in that a lot of the times when he uses those unusual techniques of sort of displacing locations, a lot of times that works really well, um, especially when it's when it's clear, I guess, <laughs> if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like mm-hmm. he, but he doesn't always know how to make it super clear and so there's sometimes where that editing style just becomes very confusing um and i don't know to me to me it's weird because i think i kind of feel like this movie needed maybe a second draft or like a revision in that way um because there are some moments that are so obviously needing of a of an exterior shot or so obviously needing of you know certain certain you know details that will uh make it clear to to the viewer of what they're actually picturing and and the other cases it uh it's very clear that he's not actually in the room because of the sequence of how it's edited um the first viewing i had of the movie i would agree with you and i was very very baffled by things but i have to say when you see it again that they're I, I found it much more clear and I found it sort of like, it's just like he's, and I think it's not, he's willfully obvious. He's willfully confusing you. Like he, I sure, think he's delighted sure. by doing this. I don't think there's anything accidental about it. And um, I don't know. There's sometimes I just, I, I kind of enjoy those sort of playful. It's a little almost like um, um, Spielberg kind of does this sometimes where, where he'll um, cut to something and, and it takes you a second to realize you're in a different place or a different time than you were just in. And I think yeah. Spielberg, cause he's such a, like a commercial director and he understands like, he's like, you know, he knows he's making a movie for a big audience. He usually makes it very clear where you are two shots later, you know, but park right. is a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It's like, he delights a little bit more in, in sort of baffling you. And um, like, there's that whole part where, 
I think I think he he asks her a question about her mother, and the teapot starts dripping, and you see the drip drip. Yeah. And then you see a drip in a hospital, and then you see a drip of another teapot, and then you see another another character or like a flashback, and and it really takes you a second, and he's not, um, you know, you have to be dialed in to realize, okay, I'm looking at a flashback now. I'm looking at she's telling a story of something. Um, see, but, but I it's think kind of clever. I, like I enjoy that, that sort of thing. That moment um, works really well, and I I do think um, I think I think that's a great example of when it uh, when it makes sense and when he sort of integrates a flashback or a flash forward you were really confused about the flash forward that he does with the uh you know the chase sequence on the roof uh with the guy with the scissors um, oh yeah yeah that's a little <laughs> that's a little disorienting um, but 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 i i i actually kind of understood that um more i think than some of his other choices i think really what confuses me more than anything is just when he when he goes from linear to linear with locations without sort of um without uh by just by just like plopping it in there you know like he just mm. it, it 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 less of a scene transition than a just a same like a same cut in the same scene um it's kind of it's kind of confusing in that way um what was an example and, of something like that like um uh, where she she's uh, they're talking about like oh have you had dinner yet um, and then they just cut to uh, oh his apartment in his apartment <laughs> as as he's cooking and you think it's her apartment and it it really oh, yeah, is yeah, just yeah. T- totally unclear for not for not really a great reason yeah like, I, I don't really think there's a great reason to do that yeah that that I understood the 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 space was different the first time but I think it honestly was just the fact that they they had blue tiles. I think honestly, if they just had changed the tiling in one of those apartments, it would have <laughs> yeah. been fine, but it's yeah, just the yeah. fact they both had that kind of greenish blue tiling that it made. And it's like, I guess you should realize it when she's looking at all these crime photos. And it's like, obviously this crime photo dartboard are not in her apartment. Uh, so, but I'm just an idiot. So I was like, what, why are these photos are in her apartment? Like, I just was so convinced it was her apartment. I'm just no, like but I, really I think it is. I, I, I think it is unclear and I get what you were saying. I think I, I kind of understood it. I, I, I actually, what I think happened was I was working extra hard because I was, I, I came in like 10 You're minutes late. late. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was trying to pick up certain pieces that I, that I had missed um so i was looking for certain things of like oh wait okay that's his apartment but he lives in this other house so maybe he commutes mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. i was i was doing some extra reading in to to oh. sort of fill in the pieces i guess yeah, that's another aspect that's confusing is because you've seen his house that he lives in yeah and so and i don't know if i'd really understood the whole thing that he's he commutes a great distance and he has two places he lives i think that's another thing that is disordered we're getting kind of granular granular here pre-spoilers i mean our our overall takes on the movie did you, you thought this was good i liked it um okay i don't think it's his his best thing ever but i actually re-watching certain parts um confirmed to me that i do i did actually really like um certain aspects of it um especially just the just the visuals are stunning and so unique um and interesting that 
it's hard for me to uh, discount it, you know, entirely. And I do think the the classic storytelling element of it, you know, sort of the the noir, um, you know, femme fatale element, you know, that that storytelling tension. I think it really does a great job of sort of remaking that classic American story in a um, in a Korean way and doing it, um, you know, just excellently. And so, like, I think there's there's nothing wrong with um, the story element. I think the big thing for me is that it really is a little bit too long. Um, mm-hmm. And some of it is, especially I think some of the, some of the tertiary dialogue is a little bit, just a little bit, uh, rough around the edges, I guess. Hmm. Um, there's some stuff with like the, the other detective and, you know, certain things where I'm like, eh, it's not, it, it felt a little bit like soapy to me, um, instead Mm of sort of more polished, uh, as it, as it could have been. So I mean, those those are my major, (laughs) major complaints with the movie, I guess. Sure. Yeah. No, it has a little bit of that soap opera kind of, um, in terms of like story or not soap opera, but it, it, but like, especially towards the end, if you took, if you took the, what the narrative of the movie is, and just described it, it would sound a little bit like the Korean dramas, like my grandma watches on Netflix, you know, and it's really, um, it it would not do justice to the amount of artistry he puts into it. And I think it's the, the, the elements of detail and craft in the film really, I think, I think, um, elevate it, especially the first half of the movie, um, you know, to a considerable degree. Um, I wish after seeing it the second time, I was a little bit more like had a more like, oh, yeah, this is my opinion of the movie. I still feel a little uncertain, you know, like I had, mm-hmm. um, I know, you know, like last year I had this. I don't think it's going to be like go up to my favorite of the year situation. But last year, you know, I had this experience where I saw West Side Story and I was like, eh, it's OK <laughs> the first time. And then I saw it again. And I was like, eh. It's pretty good. And then like five viewings later, I'm like masterpiece, the greatest thing ever. <laughs> uh, you know, this is better than if Jesus came back to her, you know, like it's just like the greatest thing. And so I'm like, uh, I don't think it's, it's definitely not that good, but it's, I'm a little uncertain if like, maybe, you know, I'll see it again. I'll just sort of, the things that bother me about the movie will sort of fade away and I'll just enjoy. Cause it feels, it, I feel bad watching a movie with this level of attention and this level of, of craftsmanship and creativity and like the imagination with which he shoots um, mm-hmm. just the simplest of dialogue scenes and then just going about the overall movie. Eh, it's okay. You know, like that <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a mad response to me. It's, it's right. I feel like, um, I don't know. I think my biggest problem really is with the second, the the last hour of the movie where things well, we'll get into when we get into spoilers we'll get into more specifics but i think things it starts to just feel kind of labored and it feels it is it's too long it's a two hour and like 20 minute movie and there's certain actions they're kind of repeating and i think the the central story which is these two people um it kind of frays a little bit and the movie is at its best when it puts them together 
with that kind of right. uh, tension of of um, them uh, longing for each other but not really being able to be with each other. That's where the 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 really great movie within this two and a half hour movie resides. And um, I don't know. I you know for the first forty minutes of this movie, both times I've watched it, I've just been saying this is this is phenomenal i mean all the stuff at the mm-hmm. police station all the you know the the sort of uh you know him buying her super expensive sushi it's also very <laughs> funny you know the other detective yeah. you know messing up and you know and the really good um foot chases also in the movie some really good just like set pieces um fun sort of detective stuff even though I mean, it's not like the most compelling detective story, but but again, it's like the way he shoots it is really creative, and um, I also kind of respect the the amount he um, use utilizes technology in the movie. He doesn't shy away from it, yeah. and he really finds interesting ways to use like screens or people being filmed to like almost create kind of like De Palma esque, you know, like split diopter type shots or. Um, doing he does like vince gilligan style like pov you know <laughs> shots where they're you know like their face is superimposed under the apple watch they're looking at or whatever yeah um, it's totally the uh it's the first time i've seen him do it for sure but also mm-hmm. i think um it's a very unique style of showing technology and and really embracing that sort of new side like 21st century side of things which it's, i think a, a lot of directors are super shy about um big and time unwilling to have people like scroll th- things on their phone you know mm-hmm. <laughs> just like a yeah. simple like showing pictures on their phone which is like like how do you shoot that interestingly yeah you know? i get i get it because it's really uncinematic <laughs> but he i don't know he came up with some interesting like i loved where where he's texting her and he's waiting for her reply, and then the three dots of yeah. ty- her typing are superimposed over the you know big <laughs> extreme close up of his face. Um, it's it's really creative stuff, and it's, I I like what you said about a lot of directors are very very unwilling to. Um, I, I I notice a lot of our great directors, and certainly all these you know, Park is about fifty fifty seven sixty somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys that age or older are very unwilling to. Um, make movies that are set in the modern era. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I don't think Spielberg or PTA have made movies, contemporary movies, since what the early two thousands. Same with Tarantino. Tarantino's last. I mean, I think Kill Bill yeah. two was the last time oh, he wow, did a that's so contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know, like Spielberg. I think was like the Terminal. Maybe. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You could sense a lot of these guys are kind of li- living in period, and and certainly you know like and like Woody Allen would be if he had the budget to keep making period pieces. Um, so it's it's interesting to see. I, I feel like this year there have been a few kind of like boomer aged directors who are um, not only embracing that aspect of um, modern, even modern like post COVID kind of movies. I'm not sure if this movie. Decision to leave doesn't acknowledge COVID, but but definitely it no. is set in you know a 2020s world, and um, you know I'm thinking of Steven Soderbergh's movie Kimmy or or Todd Field's Tar, which are these you know middle aged directors who are really engaging with technology in in an intelligent way um, rather than the kind of I don't know get off my lawn kind of 
attitude right. some older i thought i shouldn't i shouldn't invoke eastwood because actually eastwood weirdly is probably one of the few directors who does make contemporary movies and actually quite well but i think i would put fincher up there as well fincher mm. has made a handful of movies in the at the very least in the 21st century um and so oh, i mean yeah and the definitive one in some ways with the social network yeah, yeah exactly um including technology very heavily um in an interesting way um but but i think this movie is very casual about it too which i i i was surprised about it it uses it not just as a um i think it it treats it as a fact of life and a fact of existence i guess um Mm -hmm. and part of the um part of the appeal of the detective story is that it is a uh detective story in in a modern world you know it's a detective story that is using um is using technology to to sort of sift through its evidence and using it as threads to pull on so i i think it i think it does a great job of embracing that as a storytelling element instead of um the easy thing to do would set it in like the eighties or nineties or, you know, earlier. And it really doesn't, it doesn't do that. It, it treats it as a movie that is happening now. Um, which I think is, is fun. It's a, it's a good way to, um, it's, I think we're going to see this more and more going forward with younger directors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm still, I'm still surprised at how surprised I am that uh that we're seeing technology in just yeah, a natural, I mean, casual way we might be like hitting this too uh in too much detail this small aspect of the movie but it is i mean it is i don't know if i can think of another movie where you see like a smartwatch, for example like it is it is pretty uncommon and i think yeah. even younger directors sometimes are you know like i don't think robert eggers has any interest in like making <laughs> contemporary movies you know what i mean that's true that's like, true well um, and you know you think about something like um uh like hereditary which is very clearly a movie set you know in in now um mm-hmm. but kind of i don't think there's any technology in, yeah in, it, in it's that, kind of you know? timeless right exactly um, um but, but in any case, uh, should we get into spoilers, I guess, a bit? Um, yeah, yeah, why not? That, that latter half of the movie that we're both kind of iffy on. Yeah, this is um, funny. A funny if, we're, if we're talking that in your, I don't know if you guys still do your like recommendations or your like, is it for everyone sort of thing? Because this is a weird not case Not with where, this one. It's kind of a review. So I would yeah, say. Yeah, because it's, like, it's a new movie. Yeah, but it's contemporary. This is, this is an odd one where I feel mixed to positive. I almost would recommend it just as like something you should see. But it weirdly is... Um, in terms of your categories of accessibility, it kind of is for everyone in terms of it being, you know, you're like your, your, you know, whatever. Your grandma would not be like upset watching this movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. She might well, be confused. Uh, unless, but... uh, you know, she doesn't want to read subtitles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, um, well, but I, I would say um, the only thing that's, I, I think this is a pretty accessible movie. The only thing that's sort of annoying about it is that sort of inconsistent editing style um, that might off-put people. And I will say, um, a lot of people have said that this movie is kind of slow, which I don't think necessarily. I think it slows down towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think... it's it 
it isn't it isn't like a fast-paced action detective thriller or anything no you know? it, it has it's the it has like the pace of uh of um well it may it might be even actually a little more breezy a little more kind of um high energy than than a classic noir but but it has it's in that kind of meter meter i think yeah. not um you know you're not like getting you know people explosions people running constantly there there are a few good sequences like that but um i think it's it, in the second half it, it flags a little bit and we'll, we'll get into that or should we just get into that now yeah let's do it well i okay. before that i do want to shout out the snorri cam i always will love a sequence that has snorri cam it's the first chase sequence in the uh, at oh, night oh, right. on their backs We're, it's mounted love on it. their back yeah what it's the, awesome what, oh i was almost cursed but like what the hell <laughs> Was there's a there's a narration happening when that happens? I've, I have I still did not understand what was going on there, because when they're running, yeah, you have the mean streets cam on the guys <laughs> as they're running, and then she's talking about like the Japanese Empire or some shit, and I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but I was like, I have no idea what what that was, but I don't know. I I uh... <laughs> it might have just been her talking about her history remember. or something. I don't know. I what it is is it's probably something very simple, but like my brain of, I, I just it's like it's it's overwhelming my ability to comprehend things when there's all this action on screen, and then <laughs> and also if it was voiceover it'd be different, but I'm reading it, so it's just it's like sensory overload, and I just go into like a fugue state, and I have no uh, comprehension <laughs> of what, what the hell is going on. Right, um, right. But anyway, it's still a good scene. No, it is. Um... And pretty early on in the movie, I would say it's it's mm-hmm. it's that you know first hit of of action, and you don't really get much more. But yeah. to be honest, it's kind of unclear what's happening and who's chasing who. Uh, but you know, I do love the fight scene with the uh, uh, the <laughs> you know he's got the glove and the knife. It's pretty. It's just it's just cool. It's a good it's a good time. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of a little bit awkward like awkward in a good way where it feels like like people really kind of wrestling it's not yeah it's yeah. not uh, kill bill it's it's very kind of uh um uh, clumsy and a, l- a little bit funny even um but yeah good good scene yeah um well let's so about halfway through the movie um y- you f- you find out the <laughs> they kind of give away the mystery i guess you could say um, or in spoilers, we can we can talk about that, right? Yeah, you you find out that uh, that the the wife does actually kill uh, the husband all along. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of I I wouldn't say it's you know the most revelatory thing ever, but um, no. the <laughs> you know the the p- partially the uh, mystery is about you know what what actually happened to him. But really, mostly it's about their relationship. And so the movie kind of shifts from him investigating her as to, you know, the death of of her husband um, and more towards what he's going to do about the information that he's uncovered uh, and how he's going to treat her from now on. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he ends up, uh, which is a, is a great sequence. I mean, him finding out. Uh, that that she's the murderer. Him sort of uh, he has the revelation about his hands being rough, uh, which is so 
you know, it's just such a one of those unique little little touches yeah. of yeah, that's uh, a good moment. You know, of of great great filmmaking, um, and but then from from then on out, uh, they have the their sort of confrontation where he he basically lets her get away with um, this murder and says, "I'm you know." You better you better throw that phone into the sea. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, better basically saying, uh, I never saw this. The evidence uh, that you have, uh, you better get rid of it, and mm-hmm. uh, we won't speak about this again. And then he transfers uh, to his sleepy hometown where nothing happens. So the second half of the movie really is is about him in sort of the afterlife of this incident. Um, and that's where I think we both kind of have our issues, not in that uh, that the movie kind of slows down in that part and, and gives away some of the n- intrigue and mystery of that, of, you know, the, the first half of the movie. But I mm-hmm. think it, as you said, it separates the two characters where their next interaction is probably about 15, 20 minutes later. Um, and it's under a different context. Uh, and their relationship is very different from, you know, what you initially liked watching, like what, why you initially were interested in them as characters, you know, mm-hmm. part of the appeal of them is that, you know, she's the suspect, he's the detective, there's kind of this flirtatious back and forth. Um, then the the case gets dropped and he's, you know, just openly expressing his interest at that point. And so right. th- there is still this this tension, but then after that, it, you know, when once he moves to is it Epo or wherever yeah, it is. Ipo, I think, yeah. Um once he moves you know, then they they start to have a different relationship from then on out. Um, and I, we didn't really mention, but he's married, and so that's another angle to this. But um, really, it's it it starts to become more antagonistic and less of this bond, this like secret bond that you were kind of interested in in the beginning half of the movie, I guess. Well, well, also, she has another husband who dies. And right, so there becomes right. kind of this, like, repetition of of him then uh, repeating the previous investigation, investigating her again, and kind of being, I don't know, like, baffled of, of you know, uh, what to do about this woman, essentially. And, and, and having his t- hands tied behind his back a little bit, too. Um, yes, that's true, also. B- because he helped her get away with the first one and he has a certain uh relationship with her that if he if he just lets her off there's going to be an element of suspicion which i do think is an interesting um shift to their relationship and i think it could be interesting but i i don't know that it's necessarily um the most interesting version of that story i guess well it's just it feels like the movie is in some ways, the climax of the movie is his, um, when he realizes it it was her, sure. which is a really, I think, kind of great sequence where he he sees that the grandmother's phone has this one day where she's suddenly taken like uh, a certain amount of steps after yeah. you know every other day having none, and um, 
him sort of retracing her footsteps and realizing it adds up that she was the one who did it. Um, that sort of feels like it's not that it's the end of the movie because that would be too abrupt of an ending, but I don't know. It almost feels like that after that, it should be more of a coda or it should be more of kind of a, um, for tying things up. It, it doesn't, what it doesn't feel like is another hour should come after that. Cause both times when that <laughs> happens right. and when he goes to her, he says like, you've betrayed, you know, I, I can't believe I, you know, uh, throw this phone in the ocean. And he has that whole line about how he's shattered. And, and it's this sort of the, fra- the fracturing of this relationship between them. And it's sort of also interesting because it's a relationship that seems sincere on her, her part in some ways. It's she's not um, she's playing him, but it's not like a femme fatale who's just an operator. You know, like he he even has that shot where she looks up the word shattered after he's left, mm-hmm. and she has like a tear falling from her eye. It's like you know she had some actual sincere feelings for him, but it feels like once that happens. Both times I, I look at my watch and I go, there's another hour after this, <laughs> this the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I just feel like in that last hour, there are a number of, it's not like it, it becomes a piece of garbage or anything. It just feels kind of belabored. And there's a lot of kind of, um, I don't know, like the whole investigation of the whole thing, it just sort of ends up being tedious and you want to see, yeah, you know, the, the the best scene, I think, in that last section is them going on the mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it even kind of reminds me of, um, you know, the girl walks home alone at night when they're, um, you know, the, the scene with the disco ball where it looks like she's going to, like, yeah. bite his neck and then she puts her head on, yeah, his, yeah, uh, yeah. on, his, head, on his chest that has that feeling and i and it's fun both times we saw in the theater because everyone when he goes to the edge to scare the ashes everyone goes oh no 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 you know like everyone right, thinks she's right, gonna right. push him off and then she embraces him and you're like oh wow it's like you know your your uh, understanding of the relationship is kind of um shifted a little bit in that moment yeah um well i think after that then, i, I think know. honestly the movie could get rid of some of the like it's trying to play up the, you know, he moves from the hustle and bustle of, uh, you know, he's working in Busan and, you know, there's a lot of, of things happening there and, you know, exciting action and whatnot to this sleepy town. And he's, you know, he's getting a sleep apnea machine and he, you know, like things like that, <laughs> where it's like, it's like, and then, you know, there's the outcast partner detective who, you know, uh, they're kind of building that relationship there Mm -hmm. halfway through the movie and it's like i don't know if you need all that uh when we kind of were interested like i i understand it i get that you know it's moving from the you know the 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 busyness of the big city to you know the small foggy town um and that juxtaposition but i just i don't know that that's the interesting part of this story yeah i mean i just think uh, you know the first part of the movie you're compelled by who did it is she guilty and then you start to be compelled by their relationship and the right. and the sort of burgeoning um and increasing closeness between them but i don't know if i could really put my finger on like is there something 
Like, what wh- what is it that's hooking you in in terms of, you know, and I don't believe this movie has to be entirely about story. Sometimes it is just visuals or even just vibes, you know? Um, so maybe it doesn't matter, but I don't, there's nothing that narratively hooks me in in that last um, segment. Like, cause I don't really know what, like, what, what am I even invested think, in or what do you what do you care? i guess it's just like what, what's going to happen between them or whatever but well i think i think I what know. it's trying to be is you know he has this sort of nagging um feeling of like restlessness and so mm-hmm. you want to see him as a character find some peace uh mm-hmm. if that makes sense so I get that. Um, that 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 makes sense to me, and I I do think that's compelling in in some way. Um, I just don't know that that's why we were bought in in the first place. Uh, even though I do I do like his character, and I like both of them, sort of as these foils of each other. Where you know she's kind of doing everything she can to get by, and he's trying to live his you know, his best life, but still feeling unfulfilled and still feeling sort of, um, you know, this, uh, a little bit tortured, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. And so I think what it's trying to do is wrap up these character threads that are still kind of, you know, dangling out in the wind. Um, but I, I don't know. I, to me, that's where it kind of starts to lose a certain amount of um, intrigue and starts to become a little bit more K drama. <laughs> a little uh, bit, yeah. I, the whole thing where the whole last sequence in the movie, I don't know. It seems it's like a little. I don't know. I feel a little, like it's a little melodramatic, a little bit sort of drawn out. I mean, yeah. it's sort of a fun. I, I mean, this sort of a clever thing of her killing herself in this like secret way um but um what happens before she goes to kill herself i can't remember now it's he he sees her phone he's investigating her um he is tracking her phone uh they bring in the guy slappy um they bring in slappy to be interrogated about the murder um yeah and then he, yeah, he ends up tracking her phone. I'll just and then before that uh, is the scene on the uh, on the mountain with the, on the mountain ashes. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just like a lot of business. It's a lot of kind of um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's a so, it's a lot of like story to put it. <laughs> you know, like 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 uh, story stuff in a way. Maybe it's maybe I'm wrong about the whole thing of like it's not it's not a problem of not, not having story. It's almost like too much of it or mm-hmm. too much of kind of like I just don't really care about true, yeah. the investigation. I don't care about all the stuff about Slappy. I don't care about the the husband. Like all this stuff kind of just feels, frankly, even the whole stuff, the whole thing with the wife. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy the wife as a character and that sort of dynamic is, is kind of fun, but even I like that, her always like saying you know, percentages and stuff like that's just, uh, it's kind of just funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, he has a good sense of like how to write some kind of vaguely annoying person. Also, also I did the, the sec, the second time I watched it, I understood who the man was, by the who way. Who is the man? Yeah. He, so she says it's June and June was someone she mentioned at work a few times she says oh, i was at work right, talking okay. to june got it and got i think it, it, i i don't know about like 
gender of names of what June is in Korea. But I think the idea is that you're supposed to think, oh, at least when I was watching it, oh, she's talking to her friend, her girlfriend, June, at work. But actually, June is some guy who's she's going to leave our detective uh, buddy for. Um, so right. I guess it's like, oh, it's a it's a guy. Um, so, he, yeah, he was set up early in the movie. But again, that whole thing. It's kind of laborious, though, you know. I don't know. Like, it's just that the the, the 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 first half of the movie is so kind of centered on the two of them and that sort of um, dynamic. I mean, I could have watched another hour of them just, you know, him making fried rice and them smoking and eating ice cream. I mean, just like it's so it's so kind of beautiful and almost like kind of relaxing and soothing to watch. Well, and um, and there are those moments in the second half, like um, when they're. Uh, handcuffed together uh, in the mm-hmm, car. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you get these moments where you're like, wow, that was really, um, I don't know, maybe not sweet is the word, but it's sort of, uh, um, you you get that feeling of both tension where, you know, where they're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. But they're also, mm-hmm. you know, there's this there's this level of you kind of want them to at the same time. And yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. You know, there's like like that that reminded me of um you know that's like a classic setup of like they're handcuffed in the car. Um mm-hmm. and they're sort of love interested, but it's kind of awkward because there's, you know, that third person and you know, they they have to sneak a a handhold or something. You know, it's just like there's there's something great about that and and that does return in the second half. It just feels like it's surrounded by a lot of expository stuff and things that are just a little bit irrelevant, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I think the movie it could. It's funny. I, like after the movie, I was joking like that. This is like Mank, you know, which is an <laughs> absurd thing to say. <laughs> but I no, but I when I watched it again, I actually maybe think that sincerely because um in some ways i think i have a similar response to both which is that i'm drawn to watching them both movies i'd like want to watch again a lot i think because of the visuals they have kind of a soothing relaxing vibe Mm -hmm. yeah and and they're these great filmmakers um making something with a lot of virtuosity but in terms of storytelling there is a point in the movie where I start to really like, I just, I don't know. I just get bored. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm, we're kind of, I'm, we're trying to intellectualize this, but this is really just the case. I just get bored watching um, this movie as it goes on. And I think there is a possibility with both. I haven't seen Mank since it came out. I think I saw it like three times that year, but I think there's a possibility with that. And I think there's a possibility with decision to leave that someday I'll watch it again and it's like the vibes will just be enough. Like I'll just be like, you know what? <laughs> I enjoyed, you know, like um, I, I kind of, I kind of. This is kind of my review of Cry Macho, which is like, <laughs> yeah, it's not really good, and you know, it's like that's not, so true. Yeah, problems, but like I enjoyed just kind of sitting with it, um, which I is think weird. That to was say, my review of Cry Macho. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and it's funny because that movie is not really, Clint is not virtuosic the way those guys are, um, but. I don't know. I, I I just again, as I said earlier, also it's 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 so such a um, so much of the craft of the movie is so impressive that yeah, um, you know, you could almost just sort of just take it as as um, just pure sort of image making and 
Um, though I, I also that's another aspect of the movie. I think the second half of the movie um, is less visually interesting. Like I think there's a lot more um, sort of fun stuff with visuals and sound and and music and whatnot in the in the first part of the movie that I feel like it kind of not, not that it like feels like a different director, but it 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 feels like he's sort of um, after that um, the mountain climbing sequence, he kind of pulls back a little bit and it, it just, the movie starts to feel um, a little bit more generic. I would say. I think a that's bit true, less, but I know. will always give respect to a, to a great whip pan into a car. So, <laughs> Oh, what part was that? Uh, in the, when he's like chasing down the, uh, he's like trying to go after her. He's like following her phone and he's like mm-hmm. calling her. Uh, and it like whoosh, whip pans into the <laughs> into the windshield. Oh, there, it's awesome. There's some good. Yeah, there's also some good. I think there's a there's a mounted. Oh, there's an incredible mounted shot where he's um there he's getting out of the car to meet her to walk up the mountain and um in the snow. And I think it's like one of these mm-hmm. things where you see her in the mirror and you realize like she's standing right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's great cool. stuff, but it's but it's um I don't know. I mean, it's also intentionally subdued a little bit. So. Um, yeah, I think you I think you're kind of right um in that the la- I mean definitely the last like 30 minutes starts to slow down except for the mountain stuff, but um mm-hmm. just in terms of visuals it becomes a bit more generic. And I think maybe that's what I was picking up on when it when it comes to like thinking of it as like a soap. Um yeah, like it, it I kind just, of starts you know. to, not to look like a soap, but it it's it sort of becomes a little bit less inspired than maybe you would want. Maybe I would want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he could have, he could have definitely used, I don't, I'm not sure if there's a co-writer like who wrote the movie with him, but it, it could have, or it could have just used another pass in terms of the, like the writing of, of, of like, where is this going to go after this big revelation? Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, look, I, I might watch this movie in a couple of years and then listen to this podcast and go like, gee, what a like a, a guy who wears a suit to the beach, you know, like, <laughs> what a, you know, like, geez, it's just fun. You know, like, can we just like, you know, yeah. calm down a little bit? Like, uh, I don't I, I don't, don't think we're um, super down on it, though. I think we're both like we, we enjoyed what what it was. I think we just have problems with with certain aspects of it. But I mean, for just, me, I think it. I think really just the artistry of um like the filmmaking craft is is so special um it, even the editing that i think is sometimes annoying 80% of the time it's excellent and innovative and kind of uh breaking certain boundaries of oh, yeah. time and space and really has um you know devil may care elements to to how it cuts these sequences together um, which is really unique and keeps you on your toes, even in a sequence that maybe would be a little bit more boring in a in a different movie, in a lesser movie. So I I really I don't think I'm that down on it. I think we just have cer- certain criticisms. So, um, yeah, you know, to be honest, like, is it a great movie? No. Is it a um, good movie? Yeah, I think so, and I think it has a lot of really great elements to it even though the whole package for me doesn't really come together um in the end but i I do i do really like um so many elements of it and especially just the interesting visuals and the way things are 
sort of compelling just just visually i think is is really special and unique and i will always fight for park as a <laughs> as a filmmaker who uh can just put something together that is compelling on a visual level like it's oh yeah. he's he's one of the best at it um and even like handmaiden that's a, a much better movie and a much more special movie in some ways but it i mean for me the takeaway of that is like of that movie was just how breathtaking it is and how um interesting and unique the visual quality of it is um above all else so you know yeah i think um I, for me i'm lingering i'm ling- to me it's a razor's edge with this one between pre- like pre- if if we're talking in like sf chronicle terms like a, a it would be like a v- either very begrudging clapping man or very enthusiastic uh interesting sitting man um <laughs> kind of somewhere yeah. between okay and good yeah um though i'm like i'm looking through like what other movies i said hey that was pretty good this year and i'm like you know men by alex garland the adam sandler basketball you know the adam sandler basketball movie that's pretty damn good actually i, I didn't uh, besmirch that so uh yeah I, 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 I definitely could see it myself coming around to good you know he his movies are he's not like bong in that it's just seven great movies or, or i don't know his first movie is very good and then like the rest are really great basically some degree of great um I he 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 Park to me is is he's never bad, but some of his work is is um is more like oh that was that was a, a good try like admirable like to me like sympathy for Mister Vengeance and um uh what's what Thirst the vampire movie mm-hmm. I'm a cyborg but that's okay those are <laughs> you know a little bit more more in that realm of like uh, you know like like uh, again like oh you know great style you know great filmmaking in some ways but don't hold up completely and then and then you know kind of a big gulf between that and then the ones i really like that right, like, right, right. you know either 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 stoker and lady vengeance which are very good or um the handman jsa and old boy which are i think all terrific um would you put this in so, sort of the stoker Lady Vengeance. No, I would camp, put it. Or? I would put it in. in the, I would put it the lower category, but like a Got bit it. higher. You know, right, right. Okay. Uh, it's kind of, kind of in between. But you know, look, he's he. Th- this does not make me any less eager to like that. His next movie, I'll be there day one. Sure, I mean, he's, sure. He he's um, someone who's and I mean, frankly, I'm kind of uh, feel embarrassed. I haven't watched his uh, John Le Carre uh, TV series he did with uh, Florence Pugh because um I'm sure it's I'm sure it's great um or maybe it's not maybe it's more like this who knows but it's there's something worth seeing there's something worth recommending in all of his movies yeah um, no I agree um and I would say you know he's still someone who I am completely on board with as term you know like he he was he has been a visual um, influence on me in a lot of ways and is someone that I think is um, special and unique and just has such an eye for um, for you know uh, different filmmaking and a boundary breaking filmmaking that I think uh, even if this isn't like the greatest of his works 
you know, it's still, um, I'd still much rather see this than, uh, a new Marvel TV show or whatever, you know? So it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have no, I have no qualms about saying like, this is, um, I want to see more of, of movies like this personally. Yeah, but. for sure. For sure. What do you think of its Oscar chances? Do you think it's going to get best foreign? Yeah. Do you think the Academy Probably is going to go? I don't go really know. I don't know. I don't know what other uh, foreign language movies are are in the running, though. Um, but I, I don't really think this has maybe a nod, but I, I just don't know that this is like. <laughs> I'm thinking you'll get a nomination, but I think. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like when Coron won for Roma, where I'm like, oh, yeah, he should win for his other work. You know, it's like he deserves to win a Oscar, even if it's kind of not the movie itself that he deserves. Or what you thought about. uh, Um, uh, what's the Scorsese one that <laughs> oh the departed uh, yeah, yeah, the departed. Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean yeah no one more deserving but it's like gee you're gonna give it to him for that um, <laughs> but is that that's a, that's one we should do if, if we ever have like another like um if, if you need to do a a one-off with me on this show we should we should do like the departed we should relitigate something that we disagree about that would that'd be fun yeah no um, i think i actually think that's a great idea um not only because i really enjoyed the departed but not, i don't mm. have a reason why <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah as i think about it now i'm not like i can't defend it uh so i'd love to rewatch it and maybe i don't think i'd be swayed because i i do think it is a fun movie and and the twists and the turns i think it's i think it's I don't know. To me, I remember it being one of those movies where it's like it's ridiculous, but it's also excellently done uh, in its ridiculousness. Every time I see a clip from it, it looks terrific. I mean, everything like Alec Baldwin, like talking really fast or like Mark Wahlberg, just insulting everyone. I mean, it looks absolutely delightful, but I just have this memory of watching it and going like, what? This is it? You know? So it'd be fun to we kind of did that with Lou and Davis a few years back and yeah that's that true again. yeah um but yeah I think um but yeah in, in terms of going back to the whole thing about Park and the Oscars I think I think a lot of people are gonna be a little confused I mean if I'm if we're confused a little by the movie I think a lot of like old people are gonna be just like baffled by it and not understand what's going on and I, don't know. I wonder though because it is kind of an old style of movie. Um, <laughs> like oh, remind people of Hitchcock or whatever. Yeah, like, oh, I, th- I mean, I think was nice. I think in some ways, yeah, it's it's kind of a classic, like a contemporary version of a movie that you've seen a hundred times, you know. Um, yeah, which which I think could could work in its favor. I just think that the length is is kind of a struggle. Like I I really don't think it needed to be two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I I should have been. I mean. And I'm not a big like length shamer of movies. I'm I'm I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I am sometimes, but like like to me, The Handmaiden is a two and a half hour movie that is that's a justifiable length. I think it's terrific, um, and certainly a lot of. I mean, I mean, we were just talking about Pulp Fiction. I mean, like that's a two and a half hours. That's absolutely earned. I'm but, a length shamer when yeah. it doesn't feel earned so like with a movie like yeah, uh, yeah. once upon a time in in hollywood you know you're like okay this is great i want i want 
two more hours of this. You know, I want to see, I want to see more. And so like, it feels, even though that movie is three hours or, you know, the Irishman, I think is such a good example. Everybody hated on that movie because it was so long, but I was like, yeah, I know what I want more. Like this, this is, (laughs) this is amazing. I want like five hours of this. I want a mini series, you know, (laughs) that's so funny when people are like out on, you know, like like they are like oh it's Scorsese yeah that sounds cool and then they're like oh it's it's two, uh, three hour three and a half hours and they go ah forget it I'm not watching it's like really <laughs> forget it like I, I like to anything I Martin know, Scorsese yeah. does it's six hours I'm like yeah it's, it's Martin Scorsese I'm gonna watch it like I, it's weird to me how well, people people are select terrible their movies about this. to watch they're terrible yeah. about this because they'll they'll be like oh a three and a half hour movie is way too long but i i will 100 percent watch every single episode of of obi-wan kenobi and uh yes, and also. you know she hulk uh, and stuff. you're like yeah, you're like yeah, what yeah. are you like <laughs> what yeah like you could break it up it's fine you know you don't it's on netflix you don't have to watch it all in one go you know <laughs> yeah no it's, it's it's strange that people are about that yeah i don't but, know um is it okay if I uh, go off topic for a second? One sure, more thing let's about do the Oscars? Whatever, whatever, yeah. Because I was looking, my mom and I were just sitting around looking at the Oscar stuff and, and the odds. We haven't seen most of the movies, you know, that are sort of said to be in contention. Everyone thinks the Spielberg movie is the front runner. But the number two behind the Spielberg movie is a movie we've seen. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. And I was wanted to ask you, do you think that movie could win Best Picture? Yeah. Not, not, you do. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. People like it enough and it yeah. won't. Yeah. People can't stop alienate. talking about it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I kind of feel actually similarly, by the way, about that movie to the Park movies, even though, like, The feeling of watching them is very different. I the vibe, the laid back vibe of the park movie, I'll take that any day over the freneticism <laughs> of that movie. But but to me, they're both movies that are movies that they have very um they might even be the same length, actually. Um good stories, good filmmaking, good character like every a lot of things about it are good, but they are so labored and drawn out. Yeah. And drawn out to the point that to me they kind of stop even really being good um well i definitely but i definitely both, agree a lot with both you. people seem to like them a lot yeah i definitely agree with you about everything everywhere all at once i think that movie is um exhausting even though yeah. i love some like so much of what it's doing and i think like the the storytelling and the filmmaking i think is really interesting and um and powerful in a lot of ways like i do i do love that you know, story between mother and daughter. And I think it, it is interesting and, and done well. I just think it's exhausting to watch. It really is. Um, yeah. And I don't know, apparently what well, people weren't bothered by that because pe- people cannot stop talking about that movie, even to this yeah, day. I, like, I, I don't know, like that movie has the most hype, um, that I've seen since like maybe Parasite or something, you know, like it's one of those movies yeah, where it's yeah, like, sure. it has that, um, that like critical mass of people who just love this movie. That's why I like, mm-hmm. I think it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it wins, I, maybe I would even put it at like 60% winning. Huh? Wow. So, cause I'm like, I'm like sort of going Spielberg, 
I mean, it would I, it would be astronomically shocking if Spielberg's movie is not better than everything everywhere, in my opinion. <laughs> um, sure, but. Yeah. It's like one is a guy who everyone's honored before everyone knows is great. You know, he's he's has three Oscars. And the other is a little bit more in the mode of everything everywhere. It's kind of in the uh, the mold of the last three movies, which won Best Picture, which are like younger directors, yeah. newer talent movies that are a little bit more popular. You know, the Academy, I think, notably diversified its its uh, membership and brought in a lot of like international folks, younger filmmakers. And I think the whole thing of like the Academy giving a movie like the artist or the King's speech best picture, I think is kind of that's those days are over. And I think in some ways that's, you know, for, for good reason in, in some cases, certainly when something like parasite wins, um, I mean, we don't even get that jazzed about the Oscars, but we you know it's, it's pretty exciting when Bong yeah. you know, won five Oscars or whatever it was. Um, it's cool, but I would say like I the wine. It, it was the Weinstein days, you know. It was it was the uh, you know the days well, his, where they were kind of yeah. pu- uh, pu- pu- pulling their weight. Um, where you know it, it pushed it pushed movies in a certain way, and it pushed um, the Oscars in a certain way, and. To be fair, um, the '90s, a lot of great movies came out of Miramax and out of uh, oh, you know sure, those sure. those you know kind of old school uh, uh, producers who are thinking uh, in different ways in that time. So, yeah, you know, that's funny. The, the one Weinstein, the one the one where he won the Best Picture actually isn't a movie that holds up. Like Shakespeare and love people don't really remember fondly. Yeah, but that's true. Well, but, but some, you, some you know of those what I mean in that. Yeah. I think I think they were pushing a lot of you know moving a lot of chess pieces in those days. You know when it comes to the oh. Oscars. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's 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 weird now where it's funny looking at these lists of of contenders because there's a lot of um, contenders, quote unquote, just like what the Oscar people think are contenders because. It's a, it's a, it's still a pretty narrow target in terms of, like we were looking at two movies we really, really liked on the list were like Tar and Top Gun Maverick, um, which I, you haven't seen Tar yet, but um, Tar is something where it's like it's too intellectual. I think for people like the Oscar voters are just gonna think it's too long, too slow, whatever, and it's not it's not enough of a crowd pleaser. But then it's like conversely, I think a Top Gun Maverick is like too much of a crowd pleaser and Academy <laughs> people are like, yeah. Oh, this is just stupid. This is not, we shouldn't be giving best picture to just this dumb movie, even though I think Top Gun Maverick is, uh, an infinitely better movie than, uh, everything everywhere in like every, every regard other than maybe like, I don't know, uh, like depth of theme maybe, but I mean, I, just, I don't really care about that. Um, I just think it's, 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 I mean, it would be kind of a boring best picture winner, but, but it is, it is strange how, you know, a movie like it was the same with, um, Fury Road. I think that was the case where even, even the, like arguably the best movie in its genre, like ever people, I think were like, Oh, this is just an action movie. You know, let's give it to right. the, the important drama about, uh, you know, journalism and, uh, yeah, it doesn't really age very well either. Um, so yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Anyways, um, I think that's all I have to say. 
but I I think it was an interesting talk. I do yeah. I I'm always jazzed to lo- to to talk about um to talk about Park, to talk about Fong when he comes up. I mean, I I just love those filmmakers. I really think they're special and I'm appreciative that they seem to have a certain amount of audience in the US that maybe they didn't you know, 10 years ago or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm very happy that they get, you know, a full, a full fat, you know, theater release, um, y- you know, whenever their movies come out. So, uh, you know, that's exciting to me and I, I hope that continues and I think it will. So, yeah, no, it's great. It was cool to see a lot of people showing up to see the movie, even if they're like old people, like talking to the movie, which is like my new, it's my arch nemesis are these like old people who are like, oh, what's going on here? I'm like, God, shut up. That was you um, during the movie. <laughs> you were leaning over to I me. Talk- you were leaning over to me being like, what? What is happening? I didn't. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold I'm on. Just kidding. Don't, don't slander me. I, I said I didn't say anything during the movie. Hold on now. Um, Where but, are they? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, do, I, do, I do not talk during movies. Um, but. By the way, have you seen the video of Bong where he's in the Criterion closet and he talks about he picks up a copy of Medium Cool and he's like, I loaned this to Park Chan Wook. Uh, he never returned it. He <laughs> swiped it from me. <laughs> uh, stealing movies from Bong. That's so funny. Delightful. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, think I that's about it for me. I think that's all I've got to say. Um, Catch us next week. Isaac should be back on the podcast unless he requests another week off in which, um, what can I say? No, you have to. <laughs> no, no. Um, Take your time, Isaac. No. I hope he's having a great time. I would love, I would love to watch The Departed with you. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe look forward to that. Who knows? At some point. We'll do it some I think that would be fun. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, catch us next week.